With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Heart and Hand is proudly sponsored by NordVPN. Uh, David, we've had the opportunity to use our Nord accounts in the last couple of weeks. Um, as someone who hasn't had a, a, an overwhelming experience with uh, using virtual networks, I'm really enjoying being able to use uh, my Nord account. And I think that, you know, with someone such as yourself with a background in it, it's proven to be to be really, really important to you. Well, yeah, I used to work in web for a number of years. And in fact, that was my interest in web that made me start a podcast, you know, and, and get interested in all the, the new things you could do. Uh, and therefore, internet security has always been something that, that I take a special interest in. Because I think like most people now, Cammy, I do so much of uh, my life is, is, is online and so much of it is important stuff like banking and whatnot. So it really is important to me to know that I'm using something that's quite safe and that I'm, I'm making sure my details are as safe as they can be. Because I've had the thing in the past where, you know, I've had to change bank cards and it's a pain in the neck and, you know, takes ages to get reset. So I'm keen to avoid that any way that I can. And especially we're using things like public Wi-Fi networks, which, you know, hackers love. That's kind of places hackers go to. So knowing that I just need to flip on the NordVPN and I'm safe and protected is huge. It will allow you access into different streaming services as well, but they have the option of over 59 different countries. Uh, so you can change your virtual location with just one click as well, uh, which gives you some real opportunities to be able to go out to get loads of different um, content, no matter what your entertainment is going to be, David. And I think that, as you've said, living in that kind of virtual world now, um, it just really opens up all the different benefits to it as well. And personally speaking, uh, as someone who, similar to yourself, just does so much stuff online, but you're out and about constantly as well, having that kind of sense of security is also really, really important too. Yeah, it sounds geeky, uh, and I admit to being a big geek, but it's really not. It's it's just something that I think with anybody who uses things to, to make their life easier this helps you know this this just puts your mind at rest a wee bit and it's something i'm always banging on to uh to to my stepdaughter and, and to my wife to make sure that, that they use it too so i've used many vpns in the past but but nord is the market leader for a reason it's the best one 
and it was the one I would have recommended anyway. Uh, never mind the fact that, that we're sponsored by them now. But it's it's a really good tool. It's really useful if you need to take a short holiday for any reason. Then it's the it's the ideal thing for that. But for me, the the main thing is that I know flip this on and that's me nice and secure and I can go about my business without having to worry that I'm going to have to run the risk of exposing my, my my personal information to people that really shouldn't get a hold of it. You can get a NordVPN account as well through Heart and Hand with a fantastic discount as well. If you could go to nordvpn.com uh, forward slash heart and hand, H-E-A-R-T-A-N-D-H-A-N-D. Um, you'll be able to go straight into a benefit site, which will then give you a discount on that. If for whatever reason the, the uh, discount isn't there, you can just write into the coupon box, heart and hand, all one word, and you'll be able to then have your discount applied there as well. Go on and check it out, folks. It is absolutely fantastic. David and I both love it, uh, and we'd love to get you uh, using it as well to provide that safety and security, and more importantly, peace of mind. Thanks now. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers podcast. This is your extra show which is kicking off the season, hopefully going to end in title number 56. It is a pleasure to be back with you. My name is Cameron Bell and I'm joined by two very, very special guests. First of all, we've got the boss and that is Mr David Edgar. David, thank you for joining me in this week's extra. Hello everyone, good to be back, good to be on the eve of the season. And my very special chum and top all-round good egg, Mr Adam Thornton. Not special enough to be introduced first, but thank you, Cammy. It's a pleasure. Nobody gets introduced over me. Exactly. Yeah, it's just the way things are. And it'll never change. It's just, you know, start your own network. New season, same ego, I think is a lesson there for all of us. Uh, Boys, it's a pleasure to have you both on. It's a pleasure to be back. And I know that we kind of take these things for granted. And it was brilliant to have the Euros and all of that kind of stuff as well. But I think everybody listening to this would agree it's all nice and it's all fun and all the rest of it. But when's the proper football coming back? And we are less than 24 hours away from it. Um, I was speaking to our friends, uh, uh, Freddie and Hogg earlier on, David, and he had mentioned that he's feeling like a bit like a kind of kid on Christmas Eve and stuff. And I've got to say it's a perfect description because, um, yes, we, we had a magnificent season last season, um, but we're really keen to start the challenge all over again. Yeah, I think if you're a football fan, there's always that anticipation, no matter how bad your previous season has been, the, the summer acts as a sort of reset and you can develop a, a cleanse a new, almost. Yeah, yeah, and you can, you know, develop a new sense of optimism and every football fan's entitled to that. It's particularly exciting though when your team has done really well the season before and it's a young-ish team, you know, that it's not one that you're looking at and saying, well, several parts need replaced. And you've added to the squad. Uh, and all of those conditions are true about Rangers at the moment. Um, I, I, I'm a great believer that teams operate, you know, successful teams, not clubs, just teams operate in terms of a cycle, which is the rise, then the plateau, and then they begin to drop. Uh, and it happens to all great sides. Uh, I think we're still on the rise with this particular team. I, I don't think we've even hit that bit where we, we can plateau and get the you know, the period of success, but things you begin to notice are, are different. Uh, I still think that we're in the 
in the middle of going up the way and I just think that there's such a special feeling around this particular team at the moment and around the club in general but I think that the buzz around the team is deserved because they were brilliant last year but you get the feeling there's more to come. Adam David has a great point there where we've probably done a whole number of these shows as we kick off new seasons where we've spoken about uh, there's probably been some some optimism in there. There's probably been some hesitancy. We've talked about rebuilds. We've talked about where we need strengthened. Um, this feels different, and it feels different going in the back of our, our first championship win in, in, in so long. But also, as we've said there, it's not a team that's required major surgery over the last few seasons. But now we've kind of hit a point where we're adding in quality. We've got a strong squad at the moment, and it's a big squad. We know that there will obviously be some some trim coming in. Um, but it feels just, as David said there, a real air of positivity and almost an, a real thirst, a real appetite and hunger to be able to get the season underway because we want to show what we can do. It, it feels like <clears throat> summer 1999, to be honest, almost uh, boringly efficient. The Real Madrid... Um, result which I think whetted everybody's appetite. It had just been a very efficient pre-season, no, no major dramas, some some good signings coming in that will we'll add to the first team squad. So, yeah, I completely agree with, with everything that you've said there. It's it's good to get that new season optimism. Uh, it's also pretty good that uh, our neighbours across the city have had their new season optimism dented uh, while we're still in July. I think that always helps with the the anticipation. Yeah, and I think. Adam, I'll stick with you on that as well because I think what's interesting about that is we cannot we can have that we can a big laugh and all the rest of it and stuff. We're not here to talk about that lot as well, but it does feel like that pendulum swing where it almost as if that kind of that era of disappointment has started for them already. It's not going to start them off on a on a, on a great spell, being able to get into there in a major transition. It's just so nice to be settled and to be able to come into it to retain um, our highest levels of talent, be able to bring it in there. But also just to look at, OK, what's next and what's going to be fresh for the challenges? When you heard the manager speak at this morning's press conference, it was we have to go again. We have to make sure that we remain humble, which I think is, is massively important. Um, but you can see that there's definitely he's got the bit between his teeth in terms of the amount of different uh, fronts that we are going to have to compete on now, whether it's for the league, domestic cups and also Europe. Yeah, completely agree. I think I think you're right. It's a big season. Um, I think we are we're overwhelming favourites for for the league and, and rightly so after the, the the campaign last time out. Um, but we've got a few more checkpoints that that could turn this into a, a really good season. Obviously, first would be Champions League qualification and and all that comes with it. But then winning that league gives us Champions League again. And, and you talk about cycles and you talk about downturns and you talk about teams on the rise. I agree with all of that. Um, if we get two rounds of, of Champions League money in again, particularly, and this is maybe something that other teams haven't done as well in the past, but particularly when you've got the infrastructure, the football infrastructure that we've got in terms of um, Ross Wilson, uh, the scouting team, the the, te- the the gaps that they are plugging in the team are, are just so sensible. They're, they're looking and they're thinking we could do a refresh here, might need another body here, might need an option, and they just go and get them with minimal fuss. The Richies that hopefully come from the Champions League there, there's no reason why we can't take that up another level uh, in the future and continue 
Um, I was going to say sensible player trading, but that's maybe not something that we've we've done yet. But certainly in terms of the acquisitions that we're getting and the value for money that we've had, um, to be fair, overall from from Gerard's first season onwards, the value for money that we've had overall has been exceptional. But I think it's certainly ramped up a notch in the last uh, two years. David, I'd like to kind of talk to you a little bit about that because Adam mentions there about you know the, the transfer value of who we've been able to bring in and. Um, in particular, looking at uh, players who have featured within the, the, the pre-season friendlies, John Lundstrom and Fashion Sakala. Uh, we obviously have uh, the mandate of for coming from Bournemouth, but we do know that there is obviously further work to be done on him regarding um, a recent heart issue, which we will obviously monitor as, as things go on. How are you feeling in terms of the, the, the preparation uh, and transfers and where we're at at the moment? Do you feel that there's still more work to be done? I think a lot of it depends on players who go out the door because at the moment, if you look at the squad, would I be happy going into the season with the squad as it currently is? Maybe with even a couple of fringe players moved on, the likes of Jordan Jones, then yeah, I would be. Um, I would be quite happy with the squad as it is. But we don't know if we're going to receive bids for players. Glenn Kamara obviously is a guy that's that's caught a lot of attention for the season that he had last year and then his performances at the Euros. So Alfredo Morelos uh, is a guy that, that we've read that there's been some attention from uh, Porto. So if they were to go, then would I expect to see Rangers back into the transfer market? Yes. So it, it, it's hard to it's hard to predict with any confidence until the window's closed, really, where we are. But in terms of the squad as it is, I, I, I didn't see an awful lot of places where I thought we desperately need an upgrade there. I, and that's a good sign. I don't think it's a case of that we are complacent about it. I think that there is good competition in places. You know, even if you look at the captain's got Nathan Patterson at his heels, which is a, a fantastic uh, problem for Steven Gerrard to have. Up front, there's a lot of options. Um, the signing of John Lundstrom, I think, does boost us in an area that I was a little concerned about in terms of firstly bodies, really, uh, and then in terms of being able to uh, swap guys about because, you know, what Glenn Kamara and Stephen Davis did last season was, was superb. Um, but we'll need to, to give them a rest occasionally this season. And Again, you need competition. Ryan Jack uh, will hopefully be back soon, so that's another option. Scott Arfield uh, always provides you with a good option. So I look at the squad and I see a lot of different players who can contribute and a lot of players who are hungry to get in the first team and stay in the first team. And I think all of that combines to, 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 to create an exciting impression. And it always helps when the two of your bigger signings. And Sakala and and Lundstrom are big signings, even though there was no fees involved. You know, they are. They're, they're big players and they're signed to be first-team players. When they hit the ground running, which they both have to a degree, then I think that just whets your appetite and makes you think, yeah, here we go, uh, as opposed to maybe a player finding their feet gradually. And it may, you know, I'm sure there will be times where they're, they're having to learn, particularly within the, the Scottish game, as we know our league can be quite a, a strange little thing to get your head around initially. But when they when they buy themselves time with good early performances, which both of them I think did in the, in the friendlies, then uh, that that does bode well for the future. Adam, I'll I'll come on to to you regarding Sakala because we had the opportunity to to uh, attend the Real Madrid game um, at the weekend, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't know much about Sakala before he came over. 
I'm very impressed with what I've seen from him now. And I think for me, uh, he adds a little bit of a different dynamic. But tactically, where do you think that you could see him within that lineup and, and maybe some different options he could offer us? So it's interesting. I think on the on the point <clears throat> that David mentioned, first of all, I think we're, we're expecting players to to get bids and we're expecting some some difficult conversations later in the window. But I think the benefit is, in some cases, we've arguably got the replacements in already uh, in terms of of Lundstrom and 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 Sakala. But in other places, you absolutely know that the recruitment team have got two, three, four players for every position that they are well catered for. There's no over. Scared to lose Morelos because we can't replace him and it will take his ages to go through a scramble to try and find someone. You just know that's there and you just know that the jigsaw falls into place. Someone leaves, someone will come in. Um, that's that's how we're working. We're pretty well oiled as far as that's concerned. Right, with regards to to Sakala, that kind of leads on to it. I think, or he does play play better as a as a focal point, not necessarily a, a number nine, but certainly a, as a striker. Um. Which does leave us very, very top heavy. We've got Roof who can play both um, up top and, and as one of the tens. We've got Sakala who can probably play both as well, if, if we're honest. Morelos and Itten are, are more of your focal points. So it's going to be interesting to see how things go. There's been some chat about two up top. Um, we've certainly seen it at the tail end of last season, albeit not with not with Sakala uh, involved. Um, for me, I don't think we'll change too much in the early days. I, I expect to see him, uh, particularly with um, the, the striking options that we've got just now, I think it'll, it'll either be Itten or Sakala as the 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 forward or the the attacker, sorry, and then we'll have Sakala playing off off the right hand side. But how that works and how that changes as we go through the the rest of the the early parts of the season, I think it will, will bear out and it will be different in in each game. Um, what I would say about Sakala is I, I was a little bit apprehensive early doors just when we when we secured the signing and then also uh, after I'd watched him a little bit more I was apprehensive about his ability to deal with defences that, that sit deep um, when you watch him in Belgium um, and I did an article on him two weeks ago when when you watch him in Belgium there's a lot of balls over the top for him to run onto and score or balls over the top and cutbacks they don't seem to be too keen on on defending uh, do the Belgians. So um, that was a worry. However, against Real Madrid, I appreciate it's Real Madrid. They're playing a higher line. Obviously, they're a higher quality as well, so you need to take that into account. But his short game was decent. He, he came, he, he played the ball and he span. He always looks to get in behind. That's just him. He's always going to try and play on that that last shoulder. Um, but with the, the intelligence we've got now in defence, with um, Bibaric and, and Tavernier and, and Goldson playing those those longer angled passes, I think there's going to be lots of opportunities for him to get those balls over the top in a more um, cute way than, than just simply lobbing a ball over and defenders gobbling it up. I think we'll certainly see his, his short game and his ability to come deep, etc. was um, pretty promising uh, as well. So I think I think he's very, very exciting. Um, if I'm honest, I can't see where him and, and Morelos maybe play as a as a two or, or particularly too much in the, the same team. So I think that's that's really interesting. If if there were bids to come in for Morelos, would Sakala then be classed as his replacement and we would maybe bring in another option up top, someone a little bit different again? I don't know. All these questions will, I'm sure, come out in the wash over the next month or so. But certainly as, as far as Sakala is concerned, from what I've seen and, and from what I've seen in the friendlies, I'm, I'm very, very excited. Yeah, one thing that really stood out for me as well was there was a couple of great first touches he took where he just controlled the ball. It was kind of dropping out the sky. And whilst I, I love Alfie, there's probably been a couple of times where he's maybe his touches let him down or that kind of short interchange of passing. 
almost feels as if Alfie can knock a ball 40 yards and find a man better than he can if he's only four yards away from him. Hmm. But he is he is a different kind of player, Sakala. And I think it would be interesting to see how they kind of complement each other. That's not to suggest that they would play together and see as they, but in training and being able to learn off each other and as David mentioned earlier on, getting used to the kind of the, the, the physical rigours of the Scottish game, which Sakala is going to have to do. Yeah, 100%. I uh, completely agree. David, uh, we took the opportunity to speak to John Lundstrom uh, on our Patreon network as well. Um, I was amazed about how incredibly scouse he is. He's very scouse. Um, very, very yeah. scouse. He's very scouse. Um, however, I also had no idea about the size of him. He is an absolute tank. And from again, from what we've seen in terms of the pre-season friendlies, um, I think he's a real addition to our midfield. I, I'm... I hate to use that old kind of cliche of your own models himself or his manager, but I think there is probably a big part to that, which is true within John uh, Lundstrom. There's no doubt that Gerard was an influencing fla- uh, factor in coming here. Oh, yeah. Um, but for sure, I-, I think this guy can contribute. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think that there's there's definitely um, I, I, the physicality there that, that you need, really, to play in Scotland. Um, and, and, and that doesn't always mean being... You know, a, a big physical specimen. There's a, there's there's different ways you stand up to it, but you you still need to be able to be up for that challenge and accept that it's going to come your way, um, because other teams are going to play like that, and we know that, and we know the way the game's refereed up here that you don't get uh, maybe the protection you get in other leagues. But he played uh, at Sheffield United, and I think that that Sheffield United got a rather unfair reputation. They, they weren't a long ball mob at all. They were hard working, but. They they knocked the ball about. They played some really good stuff that first season, and he was terrific. And that was was really when he, he caught my eye. He was he, he had an absolutely brilliant season. Now, along with pretty much everybody else at Sheffield United, he had a very a very disappointing season last season. Um, now, whether or not the fact he was out of contract at the end of the season and he'd made his mind up to move or not, whether that was a factor, I don't know. Um, I, I'm not always sure that the player knows. I think sometimes it, it can be an unconscious thing. But he's 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 a good footballer. He has ability. It really is that simple. Uh, he, he yes, he's he's got a bit of dig, as we like to say in Scotland. Uh, he can get forward and have a shot. He, he almost scored an absolute peach against uh, a Brighton with a shot that came back off the bar. But he's got skill. He's got good feet. Um, he's a good passer of the ball, and he's good in a side that want to move the ball quickly uh, and keep it and keep it moving. And I think that's why he's caught the eye, Stephen Gerrard, because he's somebody that that will join in with what we do in the middle of the park and he'll be able to contribute at that. But he also, he has that ability to, to get and win the ball back. Um, as I said, to, to be physical, to, to be uh, somebody that, that makes sure that he and his team are dominating in the middle of the park. I think he's got all of that in his locker and yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, if you were buying Sakala and uh, Sakala and Lundstrom normally you wouldn't get much change back from 10 to 12 million pounds I think so to pick both of these guys up on on Bosman's uh, excellent business yeah I was going to say uh, the rumours of <clears throat> Lundstrom in January was they were they were still looking for four million for him with six months to go so if you can um, think about the fees I think you're looking at, at that easily the, the thing I like about Lundstrom Cammy is it's a round peg in a round hole he just fits he fits you, as soon as you we signed him you knew exactly where he's going to play he's going to play right hand side of central midfield in the majority of the games um, 
Arfield and Jack are, are the similar players, I would say. Both didn't have their troubles to seek as far as injuries last season. You you wouldn't want to go into this season without some competition there because who knows what's going to happen. Jack is just coming back, but it sounds like he'll be at least a couple of weeks away. We don't know how he's going to do. Arfield getting on a little bit, having cover in there is going to be useful. It just, make, it just makes sense. It, it's not a Sakala coming in and we might do this, we might do that. You just know what you're getting from him. It's just a really, really sensible sign. I think as well as that, he does bring a physical element as we touched on there, that probably guys like Ryan Jack and Scott Arfield um, may be a little bit more industrious in terms of some of the work that they have to do when they're featured. When you complement that with guys like Glenn Kamara and Stephen Davis, who you know will always be available, will always pass the ball, will always find space. Lundstrom, for me, David, I think will come in. I, I think he'll appreciate the fact that he, he, he can be physical when he has to be. It's not to say that it's flying into challenges or, you know, battering people about the park. But as a midfielder playing alongside him, knowing that you've got someone there that if a team want to put a bit of digging against you, it's always handy to have someone there who can uh, get you out of trouble. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And look, we know that we've seen really good players come to Scotland and just not get to grips with the physicality. I think there's a good example. Fabio Cardoso has just signed for Porto. Clearly not a bad footballer. Um, but the Scottish League was just one he could not operate, and uh, and I think that Lundstrom, you know, he's he's played in the Championship in England, which is a very physical league. He's played in the Premiership, which is physical uh, in a, in a different way, but still very intense. And yeah, he, he's somebody that you know you look at on paper, he, he should be an ideal fit, as Adam says. He looks like somebody that you think, yep, exact. I know exactly what he has been bought for, and where he's going to play, and what Rangers want him to to provide. So. You never know. There's no such thing as a guarantee of success with a transfer. All you can do is try to make sure that it's somebody who, who fits your requirements and then somebody who has the the mental and physical attributes to be able to deliver for you. And, and I do. I mean, as soon as Rangers were linked with him, one, I didn't think we'd get him. I'll be honest. I thought that, uh, that, that there would be clubs in England that would uh, skip ahead of us. So I'm delighted that we got him. But I was excited right from the start because he has a, a, a really good football. I think if people maybe have in their head, because Sheffield United are an unfashionable club, that this assumption that they they were a long ball side, they, they weren't. They were a, a physical team. They worked really hard. They were intense. They had to be when they were at their best in, in their time in the, the Premiership. But I, I think that people might be surprised by how good a, a footballer the boy is as well. Adam, someone that I want to touch on, um, not a, a new signing, but will almost feel like it is, uh, like it is, is Nikola Katic, who will obviously come back into the fold. He played against Real Madrid. Uh, started a little bit rusty. His passing was a bit wavered, but settled in thereafter. He's going to still take his time to be able to, to try and come back into it. But we have spoken on, on some of our shows across the summer around uh, where we are at from our central defensive pairings. We know that Conor Goldson is the mainstay within that. He will likely be partnered by Phil Hollander uh, whenever that's going to be a possible option. Lane Balligan will also be in there. George Emerson has now left for Ipswich uh, and also Jack Simpson um, will, be a, will be an option. Do you think that we're going to stay with that rotation or is it likely someone may leave potentially as a, as a sale or a loan? It's a tricky one. Um, I'll be careful what I see. I say in case the the free cartridge movement get me, but um, <laughs> it, it's a tricky one. Looking at it from the the squad point of view, um, we got 
stretched a little bit last season in, in the sense that I'm pretty sure there was at least um, one or two games where we're held under and Balogun might have been out at the same time and we, we literally only had goals in, in Simpson. Hopefully I'm not misremembering that. But um, with that, uh, five centre-backs, particularly with Champions League or, or at least European competition, um, wouldn't be a bad shout from a from a squad point of view. And I'd be quite happy if that was, was the five at, at this stage of the season. However, Katic development-wise... Um, for me, he's, he's definitely behind the, the, the top three. Um, so if he's not going to get a huge amount of games and he's obviously just off the back of a big injury and probably needs and, and wants to, to play football, is it worth um, a season out somewhere? I don't think anywhere in the SPFL would, would really be something for him. I think he's, he's too good for... I was going to say everybody except Celtic, but he's too good for, for everybody else in the league as, as things stand in the centre-back stakes. So um, I think it would maybe need to be somewhere that he can be tested. I know Serie A was mentioned, I remember the Championship down south, something like that to get him back into the rigour. Even if it's maybe we keep him for a couple of months and he goes out for six months in, in December, I'm not sure. Um, I know there will be people... Uh, people listening probably thinking Katic over Simpson. Um, and I think there is a point there in terms of, of pure defending, but I wonder if the management team, first of all, Simpson's left-footed um, and what they want from the, their centre-backs in terms of in possession. I think Simpson is a little bit better at that than Katic, but Katic is, is overall the best defender. So I wonder if they'll maybe look at it through that kind of prism uh, as well and say Simpson offers a little bit more balance, albeit I think most people would say he's not quite as good of a pure defender or anywhere near really as pure a defender as, as Katic is. So there's a few in there that... that a wee bit of humming and hoeing. Um For me, I think I'd probably keep him around, certainly for the the early stages of the season, and then maybe try and get him a try and get him a loan um, for six months to get him back up to speed. David, I think that's fair because I think that you know Katic himself as a as a player, he'll want games. He'll want to be able to do. It. There's no point in him going through what has been a very very rigorous and I'm fairly sure at times torturous. Uh, recovery phase to be able to come back and then just purely to take a position on the bench there is a realism that we have to be able to try and put that here so being able to go out and potentially get a loan to get games I think would be within his best benefit what I will say however is that in my opinion we, we won the league last season because we had to have the impact of replacements being able to come in um, and really make an effective contribution when they did that we saw that with you know Adam mentioned earlier on Scott Arfield when we had the injury to Tav, Nathan Patterson was able to be able to come in. And I think I've said this before, but the biggest compliment I can pay Nathan Patterson is that it did not look like we were really missing Tav to a huge degree when, when you know, the young man came in to fill in his shoes. A, a strong squad is definitely going to be important for what we are looking to achieve this season. And we know that the manager has got the bit between his teeth in terms of competing and winning um, a, a domestic cup this, this coming season. Yeah, I think that we we have to listen to something the manager said after the the match against Brighton when he said, you know, he's back, he's not ready to play every week yet. And I think that there was a, a slight element of well done on your recovery and go out there and enjoy it and, you know, be, be in front of the players. But it's, if it had been a competitive game, I don't think you would have seen him. And it, that's reasonable. There's a lot of players we saw that day that we wouldn't have seen under normal circumstances. But I, I don't think we should make the mistake of thinking that's him now, he's back, and it's just match fitness. I, I don't think that's the case. I think that there's still a bit of work to go, which is why 
I think that they might prefer to keep him at Ibrox for the first half of the season just to to keep in control of his recovery and make sure, you know, if he goes out and loan to a club and, and they play him every week, is that what he needs at this stage of his of his recovery? Because it's a very serious injury that he had. So absolutely, if, if you know, he, we get through to, to January with no, no negative, uh, no negative effects and he's champing at the bit and he's come through all the rigors, then absolutely get him out, get him playing to the end of the season. But I, I do think that we have to be very careful. I think sometimes we can, oh, and I've done it myself with players and just go, well, you're fit now. And I'm not sure it always works like that. So we may need to be a wee bit more patient with them. We'll come on to Livingston in particular in just a moment, chaps, as well. But I'm also keen to, to kind of get your initial feelings for how you see this season uh, unfolding and, and, and where you can. And David, I'll, I'll stay with yourself, first of all. Um, there is, as I mentioned before, a, a number of different things that we're looking to be able to try and achieve this season. And we do have that. It's the, 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 the pot at the end of the rainbow in terms of the automatic qualifications for the Champions League. But thinking about the here and now, um, in the, the the short and then longer term, with regards what uh, challenges we face with the European qualifiers, then getting into the cups, being able to try and hopefully get to Hamden and being able to win a final. What's your assessment in terms of what you think will make a really productive season if we fast forward twelve months? Well, obviously retaining the title is is key. That's the number one thing. Um, and areas of progress for us, if we could get to the Champions League. Um, and then obviously I mean, we do in it, but the first target has got to be just to, to get in it because of the finances, but also because of what it means to the players to play in it, what it means for us as a club to be able to attract players, you become more attractive to, to players when you, you have that uh, demonstrable route to the Champions League for them. So that's huge for us. And then, of course, there's the Cups. We, we we have a poor Cup record over the last decade. That's a fact. 2011, the last time we won a Cup now been various reasons for that but even I'm sure Stephen Gerrard and, and the players would admit that their cup performances have have not been good enough I mean it's not that we've been getting to a lot of finals uh, one, one final out of the uh, the six attempts so that that's something that a club like Rangers that needs rectified but if we were to you know yeah I always want Rangers to win the treble and get to the Champions League, and that's obviously the aim. But the key things for me are get to the Champions League and retain the title. Adam, um, win everything. Let's just do the let's just do the whole big bang. That's what you're going to say, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. I think <clears throat> I haven't seen anything from from anywhere else in, in the league to make us suggest that it shouldn't be it shouldn't be the aim. Um, there's a, a very good argument that we should have had a treble last season, not to give St. Johnson any any discredit there, but certainly a double would would have been um, would have been within our within our grasp. Uh, I agree with David. League first, Champions League um, second, and then you, you've got the added complications as well of whether you drop out the Champions League into Europa and all that, how far you can go in that. I guess progress in there would be would be something as well, but at least one. Cup, because as David said, one one appearance uh, in a final um, is, is not great, and what off the top of my head, only three at Hamden um, out of the six, so that needs to be rectified. Uh, I think they knew it last year. I think 
Um, it was a the Scottish Cup last year. I think there was a lot of emotion flying about at, at that time with with the league and with beating Celtic and with uh, the the Europa, um, Slavia Prague etc. There's a lot flying about there that that maybe possibly we we slightly took our, our eye off the ball on in that game. Um, that's the missed opportunity for me against St Mirren. We just weren't at it and I think something we never really give any credit for is I thought St Mirren were fantastic that night as well um, and probably really well deserved their their win on the day so so there are circumstances but I think for me certainly priority wise it's got to be the league then the Champions League and, and then at least one of the Cups is a good season um, both is obviously fantastic David, moving on to, to tomorrow and uh, and the campaign kicking off properly. Obviously, we know this was scheduled in and would, under normal circumstances, be flag day for us. The club, in my opinion, making the right call to, to postpone that slightly until we can get back to a full house. We also just want to make, uh, give a quick mention as well, just a reminder to everyone who's who's going tomorrow uh, to please make sure that they're sticking to, to the required protocols um, in terms of making sure that you have your allocated time and you turn up to that. Uh, the, there's no seating in the in the aisles. You cannot have someone sitting directly in front of you, or behind you, but it can sit diagonally. Um, and the the concourse uh, is only going to be open for you to be able to access tap water, kiosks, etc. Won't be open. We know that this is not ideal, David. This is not how we want to get back to football. We kind of have to take through a little bit of a kind of short term pain for a longer term gain because we're hoping to get everyone back in for Stevens. And if we can get that. For the European qualifiers in particular, um, how much would it be fantastic to have everyone in and hear some Champions League music again? I mean, that is mouth-watering stuff. Yeah, we want the full house. This is, you know, better than nothing, obviously, and and around about fifty percent of the the season ticket holders being accommodated tomorrow. But we want everyone back in the stadium as, as soon as possible. Um, we want normality to return to our lives as soon as possible. But um, I think, you know, that at least we seem to be moving now in that direction after the longest time where it, nothing seemed to be moving towards it. At least now we can see definite signs of progress. And the manager spoke in this morning's press conference about David Martindale uh, and he acknowledged the challenge that we've had against Livingston in the past. Um, and we've had some good results against them. We've had some good performances. We've had some which have maybe uh, left a little bit to be desired. I've got a lot of time for David Martindale. Um, David, I think that he's a he's he's a good coach. I think he gets the feel of his players. I think he gets the the understanding of what he's looking for his team to do. Um, and I think you know we we can't be remiss of the fact that their season starts tomorrow as well. They'll want to start positively. They'll want to go out and put a bit of a marker. Um, I'm hoping that it will be nice and straightforward. But we we can't be glib. No, certainly not. Um... Livingston are never an easy game for us. And I looked at our last three results against them at Ibrox. Uh, 2-0 last season. That's splendid. Jermaine Defoe goal that, that we all remember, which uh, Adam remembers for the James Tavernier ball that preceded it. Um, <laughs> the season before the two matches at Ibrox, 1-0 with a Scott Arfield goal and, and 3-1 uh, earlier in the season. Now, obviously, that, that feels like a long time ago and Rangers have moved on significantly since then. But... We, we tend not to blow Livy away. Um, they tend to be close games. The games at, at Almondville, we played them three, or Tony Macaroni, sorry, we played them three times last season. 0-0, um, 1-0, and then 3-0 when I think that the Livy players were on their holidays at that point. So they will be a challenge. And, you know, they're not a side we go out and put fives and sixes past. Um, they're a side that 
are very competitive. They play to their strengths. They they play for their manager. They really do. There, there is a bond between David Martindale and his players. And they're a side who, who will try and, and outwork you. And they will try and uh, have more intensity than you. And they will try and use their physicality to try and match the the gap in skill, which is significant. You know, Rangers have got far better players than Livingston. That's not controversial. It's just a fact. So they will they will use everything they can in other areas to try and combat that. All of that said, however, Rangers should be, you know, very confident opening it up. A full, well, a full house, I was going to say, but a, a half full house, but still the biggest crowd we've played to in a long time. Uh, an emotional day for a lot of fans will be making their first return to Ibrox since the pandemic began and with all of that in mind that then really Rangers should be going out and taking care of them uh, but it will be a it'll be a shift you have to work hard there's there's no doubt about that uh, Livy are not a team who give too many gifts uh, and you know the manager spoke about it at the press conference you spoke on he said David Martindale was was texting him about how he's desperate to be the first the first team to beat Rangers in the league in 17 months. That's an added incentive for these guys. And I'm sure that is something that's been spoke about at, at Livingston and, and their training this week of what an achievement. It's always an achievement for a club at Livingston to beat Rangers anyway, but to, to be the first team in 17 months. So any complacency, they're a team who can take advantage of it. But if Rangers go out and do the things that we're good at, then no, they shouldn't be able to live with us. Adam, do you think that the manager, all things going to plan and uh, and, and the game is... is dealt with fairly efficiently we'll have one eye on on malmo at six o'clock kickoff next tuesday um th- th- there's obviously changes now to the away goals rule etc etc but i i think he's going to have to have one eye on that because we know that malmo will not be an, uh, an easy team to beat so hopefully as david said there it will be a a, a difficult game in terms of it will be taxing and the, the livingston will run as hard but in an ideal world, we get it put to bed pretty early and we can get that dealt with. Then we can start thinking about how to use our resources with the squad that we've talked about. Yeah, it took me half an hour to pick my Livingston team earlier on. I didn't even bother attempting the subs because that would have been a nightmare. Given the players that we've still got <clears throat> missing for a, for a couple of reasons, then um, I think parts of it pick itself, but parts of it are, are a wee bit challenging. Obviously, midweek, Kamara and Roof won't be available therefore does that mean Kamara plays at the weekend and maybe Lundstrom sits out because he would play in, in midweek um, I I don't think so uh, I, I think we'll go with um, the usual back five uh, I think we'll go Davis Kamara eh, sorry Davis Lundstrom and Hadji in the middle um, I don't think Davis Lundstrom and, and Kamara is really a, at home to X in the league team a league set up I think it's maybe just a little bit too um Conservative, so I think we'll see Hadji in there as we have done in, in pre-season, um, and then up front, um, I think we might see Itten start uh, again with a with a view on Tuesday night. I think that might be um, more Scott Wright's kind of game on, on Tuesday night. So I think we might see Itten start with with Sakala and Kent and at the weekend's game, um, and yeah, I think they'll be looking to get it to the bed. Um, from what I have done in terms of looking at, at Malmo, I'm not. Hugely concerned, he says. Touch wood, they they concede a lot of goals. Um, they have a couple of, of really good players. They've got an excellent centre back in Anil Ahmed Hodzic, who um has been linked with Chelsea, Man U, a couple of others over the last six months, and looks to be going to rumoured to be going to Atalanta, who, as I'm sure David, you'll know, recruit very very well and and yeah, um. They do. 
very smartly. So he he's a good player. He's a really good player. We actually scouted him in one of the, the scouting pods earlier this uh, year on the, the Patreon site. He's a really, really good player. Um, but <clears throat> I think we've definitely got enough. I don't think they're they're at the level of some of the Europa League teams that we have that we faced in, in previous qualifiers. So I think it's in that side it's a really positive game um, for us. Helsinki gave them a bit of a scare. Uh, not even just in terms of the result, but in that that second leg, um, Malmo played a back. Malmo played a back three, and and Helsinki dominated the game. Uh, anyone who listens to Tactics Stop will know my thoughts on on back threes, and that's exactly why. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not too concerned about Tuesday, Cami. It's a wee bit of a roundabout answer, but I, I do think we'll we'll try and flex the squad a little bit based on if we manage to take care of Livingston very early and we've obviously got those suspensions, people coming back from injuries, people in quarantine, all that stuff. So I think we might see players playing in these games that might not play if these were a month ago and a month later and, and vice versa. But um it's uh, it's certainly good to to have the games back. David, one of the things and, and I, as I usually do, I agree with Adam there. But one of the things that I've always been a big champion of, so I don't want to be a, a, a hypocrite and say that we shouldn't do it this time around, but I've always believed that given some of those European scalps that we've taken, that we should always look to be able to perform in a European stage with confidence because we've earned it. We're not there because you know we just happened to stumble our way into it. We've, we've worked hard to be able to get that reputation. We've said already um, you know, across the board that teams will not want to come to Ibrox. Teams will not have wanted to have got uh, Rangers in the draw. Um, yes, I appreciate that it's a, it's a step up because it's the Champions League, but you look at what's in front of you and you look at the opponent that you play next. And in my opinion, uh, you know, this team have got uh, every belief in itself to, to be able to progress past Marmo. Oh, as it should do. Yeah, I, I don't think that European football's ever really been a problem for um, Stephen Gerrard's Rangers ever since he arrived. I think it's always been an area that we've exceeded expectations in. Uh, and, and even when maybe things domestically weren't going as well as we would have liked, the players enjoy it, they revel in it, they always have. Uh, and I, I don't see any difference for that now. I just get the impression that this is a side who approaches European competition enthusiastically without that fear that, that certainly I saw in Rangers teams when I was growing up when, when we got into European competition. I don't believe this side has anything uh, approaching that in terms of, of, of a hang-up. And I think that they are revelling in the big stage that I think they do enjoy it. And I think they'll see it as an opportunity. Nothing to be feared, something to be absolutely grasped, um, which is, I agree with Adam, I think we'll take care of Malmo. Now, you know, the next, obviously we, we, we can't talk about the fourth round until we know who we're playing in it, um, if we get there, of course, but uh, I am pretty confident that we'll have, we'll have too much for Malmo over two legs. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and again, like you say, I think there's been times where certainly when we've seen it and we've seen the calibre of European opponents that we've had. So I think, you know, explicitly around Porto, for example, a great team, technical team who could do it, Champions League, you know, stalwarts pretty much in terms of what's there. When you see the, the, the ball being passed around with such uh, with such ease at times, it just looks very, very slick. And then once we've settled into it and we've got ourselves into the game, um, you know, I think, as as uh, Kamal Roof was robbed, in my opinion, in terms of getting the 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 best goal of the competition for last season. Oh, he definitely uh, with his, was with his cracker against Standard Liège. But that is only one of a handful of goals I could present to you that have been absolute crackers as well. So yeah, absolutely, I agree that we we can be able to get into it. Just before I get your uh, your predictions um, for for the Livingston game, 
David, a huge day for us here at Heart and Hand, as earlier on this morning we were able to officially announce um, that Heart and Hand will now be official media partners with Rangers for season 2021-22. Um, a huge validation for us, not only as a as a as a network, all the hard work that goes into it, and all, and all of our subscribers who who are part of that community that we've been able to grow in the last three and a half years. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, people, I'm sure, are aware that Rangers are changing the way they do media. Uh, as of this season and for us it was a question of listening to to what it involved first of all before we made up our minds um then when we'd heard that i I think what was what was striking to me is that the way it has been painted isn't isn't strictly true that it's not simply a case of uh you're paying to get into the the you know the press box with all due respect i've got a season ticket that's pretty close to the press box so it's, it's not that big an incentive for me it was more about the, the 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 fact that we'll be able to bring subscribers exclusive contracts that stuff that isn't going to be anywhere else and i think i uh, yeah I, I boil it back to well yeah we we do take content from rangers as do other you know, media companies which Rangers provide free of charge to us, but yet Rangers are paying the staff who are who are doing it. You know, we're taking time from Rangers employees, and I don't think it's unreasonable for Rangers to to seek some sort of recompense for that. I really don't. So then it just came down to whether or not we could financially make it work, um, and we're we're able to uh, now. As I say, I can't promise that will always be the case at Heartland. We're not a conglomerate. We're not um, backed by anybody. We don't have, uh, you know, a, a, a significant kind of uh, capital revenue pe- person behind us. It, it literally is just us, um, and therefore, you know, it's it's a big decision for me personally um, if I wanted to commit to to that. But I just felt that we're in a place where we can and that it will be something that helps us improve the service that we offer to people. Uh, so with that in mind, was was delighted to do it. And at worst, at worst, it's an opportunity for us as supporters to put money into the club, the club that we want to be successful. Now, we will get plenty back from it at heart and hand. So it's good value for us too. But it is an opportunity for us to contribute, hopefully in a small way, to the club's future success, which is what we want. That's, you know, people talk about media agendas. We have an agenda. We want Rangers to win things. That's that's kind of what Heartland does. It's an, an open and unabashed uh, agenda that, that that we have. So, yep, um, I think it's, it's something that's going to be very, very encouraging um, in terms of the amount of stuff that we'll be able to provide for our listeners i think it's something that will uh, people will enjoy uh and i think that it as i say it allowed us to to support the club that we all love so for me it was uh, a fairly easy decision uh in terms of whether or not it was something that we wanted to do then it was just a question of of whether or not the maths worked for us uh and on this occasion they do so yeah, we'll be there uh, as an official media partner of the club. Now, that term maybe can be a little misleading, and people think that somehow we're working for the club, or whatever. It's, it's not that. It's just the name that they give to it, um, in, in the same way that you know rights holders or broadcast partners or things like that. But we 
I, I was going to say, you know, we, we have full independence. We always have. The club has never asked us to to take a line or whatever. Um, and when they didn't do it, you know, when they were letting us in for free, then they're certainly not going to try it now that we are technically customers. So um, at the end of the day, if there's anybody asking for stuff, it'll be us um, because we'll be able to, to to say that. So I look forward to the time that we're refused uh, an interview and I say, can I speak to your manager, please? I wish to make a complaint. I'm yes. not happy. Yeah, absolutely. No, no. Put, put um, me on to your manager. And we can debunk the rumours that this also means that you don't have to stand outside Stephen Gerrard's house any longer. I never had to do that. That was a choice. <laughs> yeah, well, you can choose not to do it any longer. Um, let's uh, let's wrap up then uh, with, with your overall predictions. David, I'll stay with you. How do you think tomorrow will go? Do you think Rangers will win? And if so, who do you think will score the goals? Uh, I'll go for Rangers 3-0 and um, I don't know about a first goal or whatever but I fancy Cedric Hitton to continue his good form so uh, if you go for 3-0 Rangers at any time I think you'll, you've got a good chance of winning a few quid there Mr Thornton uh, Yeah I think uh, I'll go slightly more conservative I'll go I'll go 2-0 um, and I'm going to say we'll get goals from Haji and Sakala OK, we'll go for that then. Excellent. Well, listen, um, thank you both for joining me, David. Uh, it's it's always a pleasure to have you on. You'll be back on Monday uh, with the flagship, not only reviewing the Livingston game, but uh, previewing the Malmo game as well. Um, and it does feel like we're, we're getting the season kicked off now when the flagship returns. Oh, so good, isn't it? It's, it's just great to be back. And, and you said it right at the start, you know, the Euros and that are nice, but they're not real life. This is. Adam, thank you much for joining me on, on Extra today. It's been great to have you on as well. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Folks, if you enjoyed listening to the three of us, as we mentioned earlier on, we do have our Patreon service, which is at patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, uh, where you will get a number of shows across the course of the day, um, and they will be covering all of your favourite topics and all things Rangers related. Uh, and as we mentioned there as well, a huge season for us coming in now as well with our media access, and we'll bring you more news than ever before. Thank you to my guests for joining us now. Thank you for listening. Um, and David will be back with you on Monday uh, with the flagship. Have a great day tomorrow. If you're going to the game, enjoy it. Be safe. Uh, and let's get the win and get the season kicked off. Here's to 56. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.